Hi, this is Larry, and I want to welcome you back. This is podcast 15, and this is going to deal with substituting one drug for another. So you have a loved one who is addicted to drugs, opiates. They've gone into treatment, done well for a month, two months, three months, maybe four months, and then they relapse. What do you do? They lose jobs, they can't support themselves. If it's a child, you take them in and you try to help them, but you know that's not right. You discuss this with your family doctor, which is wrong because they don't know too much about addiction. They suggest a maintenance situation. And what do I mean by that? Well, there's Suboxone maintenance and there's Methadone maintenance. You call up the last treatment center that your loved one was in and you discuss that with them and they say, well, let me first say that that's not recovery, but if you think that that's what they need, okay, I suggest you do that. Speak to your family doctor, maybe they can recommend, if not, you know, a good addiction doctor, if not, come speak to us and we'll be more than glad to recommend one. So you go to your family doctor, your family doctor says, I'll get back to you in a day or so. They look somebody up and they send you that. You go with your loved one. The doctor says, we're going to put them on methadone maintenance. Well, methadone is a synthetic, long-acting opiate. I used to be against it. I'm still against it, if at all possible. In some cases, it recommended. What case would that be? Well, let's say your loved one relapses. They're a chronic relapser. And when they relapse, they use and they overdose and they've been in the hospital several times. They scare the hell out of you. What do you do? You don't want to lose them. They're your loved one. It could be a child. It could be a spouse. It could be a loved one that you date but you don't want to lose them, so you sit down and you talk to them, and they say, let's give this a shot. There's a lot involved with making this decision, because first of all, let me tell you that this is an addictive drug, a very addictive drug. They have to be willing to really subscribe to what the addiction doctor says, and that's not an easy thing for them to do. There's a lot involved with that. They have to go. They have to have blood tests. They have to get their prescriptions. Methadone comes in two different dosage forms. They come in a liquid, which is the higher doses. And if you go to a treatment, you know, a methadone center, they usually give you that. Make make them drink it in front of the whoever's dishing out the methadone. That's better than if they just give you a prescription for pills because there's a greater possibility of abuse. Let me tell you something. Abuse is a big possibility when they're on maintenance. It depends on how bad the individual wants to function, whether this is going to work or not. It's a very addictive drug. I don't know the age of my audience, but back in 2006, 
HBO had a documentary series, and one of the documentaries was a documentary called Methadonia. They interviewed people who went on methadone maintenance. They discussed the downside of methadone. Should your loved one decide to stop using, to go into recovery, because while they're using these medications, they are not truly in recovery. They're using opiates. They're using drugs that contain opiates, which are narcotics. They are not in recovery. That's the downside. The upside is if it stops them from overdosing, that's a good last step to use because the end stage of this disease could be death. And that's something that at all stakes you're trying to avoid. So I'm not going to say do not try methadone or suboxone maintenance. Let me make that very clear. If that's what's going to keep your loved one alive, then by all means, that's something to think about and use. But it is very hard to, number one, get off methadone. Number two, if you're getting prescriptions filled for that, it's up to your loved one who's taking this to use it the right way, then it's a big chance because there's the chance for relapse on methadone maintenance. It's a narcotic. If used incorrectly or abused, it can cause euphoria and that can cause a relapse. That's what causes the dopamine release in the body. That euphoria is what causes the dopamine release, which triggers a relapse and causes the urges. So are you actually doing anything positive? Well, if you're keeping your loved one alive and they're functioning and they're using their methadone as directed and they're functioning and they deal with their families and responsibilities, then it's a good thing. Uh, it's actually never a good thing, but it's a positive thing insofar as the release. The possibility of relapse has been lessened, and that's what we're trying to achieve when we go into... When I say we, I, please don't include me because I don't want to, you know let anybody think that I'm in the program. This is just stuff that I learned by attending meetings. So please think about what you're doing. Think about what the possibilities are if you don't use this maintenance program. And definitely think about the possibilities if you do use this. It's a very destructive drug, but if it keeps your loved one alive, it could be used right. And it could have a positive effect. Keeping somebody alive is always a positive effect. And then there's Suboxone. Suboxone uh, comes in a tablet form. It comes in generic. It's not very expensive, and neither is the methadone, and that's a positive also. If used properly, it's very affordable, and it allows you to work and not have to sell the family jewels to maintain. Suboxone comes in a tablet form. Suboxone probably comes in a liquid form. I haven't seen it, but I'm sure that it could be made up in a liquid form if it doesn't. But it it comes in a, a sublingual strip, too that you can uh, put under your tongue and absorb 
and it has a blocker and it has an opiate and it can be abused and it can cause overdose and that too is very very hard to get off of both of these maintenance drugs are used to keep your loved one from overdosing that's the theory of their use is that it's better to be alive and functional that's to be alive and functional than to be overdosed trying to be in recovery the amount of people overdosing i don't even think they release the true statistics but there's a, a great number i lost my daughter to an overdose it's a, a very devastating thing to the family and if suboxone or methadone is going to keep your loved one alive then by all means that's the choice you got to make because anything is better than death suboxone can be abused i remember when i worked in a pharmacy one of the big chains uh suboxone maintenance was Suboxone maintenance was a preferred method of keeping somebody who suffers from the disease of addiction from relapsing or from overdosing. And people would come into the store with prescriptions from an addiction doctor. We would watch them on camera because they had cameras outside the store to see what was going on. And people would be waiting in cars for them to come out. So they would deal their Suboxone and use the money to buy heroin. Does that mean your loved one's going to do that? Definitely does not put your loved one into that category. But there is a potential for that. I recently spoke to somebody whose loved one would take the Suboxone, crush it down, melt it, and shoot it. If she was shooting suboxone i i don't know there's better ways to get high but if you're shooting that is not the proper way to take your medication so right away the alarm goes off why are you shooting suboxone when you should be putting it under your tongue or swallowing a pill or taking a sublingual pill a sublingual pill is one that dissolves under the tongue and the good thing about that is there's a possibility or a tendency that it won't cause nausea but if it does cause nausea there's medication you could take to stop the nausea and like I say the important thing is that there's a potential for your loved one. If used correctly, these medications can prevent them from overdosing. And that's what the goal is. But also, there's the potential for them to be able to hold down the job. Do I recommend this? Well, initially, the goal is to get off the drug. So if there's a possibility to go into treatment and get straight, that's the ideal. If there's the possibility that your loved one will not overdose, that's the route to go to. There are treatment centers that require fees, and there are county and government agencies that'll take them in. So if it's a matter of money, you got to do what you got to do. There are government agencies if you can afford or have insurance and you can go into uh, treatment, then that's the way to go. But if there's 
potential for chronic relapsing if your loved one has been in treatment two, three, four times and they overdose when they relapse. Keep in mind that tolerance, tolerance is using, needing to use more and more of the drug to obtain the same effect. When you go into treatment for a month, two months, or three months, depending on how long you stay in treatment, you're not using that drug and your tolerance is no longer there. At the end of three months, at the end of a month, you lose your tolerance and they come out and they use the same amount of drug that they use and that's one of the causes of a relapse. There are people that use these drugs in a maintenance form that are totally against it. They, I should say they have used these drugs in a maintenance form. And why would they be so totally against it? Well, first of all, they're in a form of recovery now. And second of all, they've had to come off these drugs. And both of these drugs, and I've heard this from people who have used it, are very hard to come off. Sick feeling you get trying to come off it, they say is devastating, is much worse than coming off of drugs like heroin or oxycodone. Think about it. Think about it. I mean, you can get straight without using a maintenance drug. These drugs can be used in a taper form too. They can bring you down on these drugs. You don't have to use it in the maintenance form. Maintenance could be for years. And, you know, the doctors would keep you on it for years if you're doing okay on it. They don't know. They do blood tests, and the blood tests keep you in check. Of course, they know if you're using it properly or not by determining how much of the opiate you have in your bloodstream. Uh, Are there ways to get around it if there are? And I'm sure there are. Your loved one, if they're relapsing, even though they're on maintenance, if they're abusing it, they will find a way to get around the test. And these drugs are devastating if you're abusing them. They're much worse than heroin, and they're much worse than oxycodone and the different opiates to get off of. And remember, and I've discussed this before, every time they come out with a new drug, it seems to be worse. The initial drug that was getting people off of morphine was heroin. That's why it had such a wonderful name. Heroin was the drug that was going to save everybody that became addicted to morphine during World War One. that was wounded and needed pain medication. They gave them morphine. They became addicted to the morphine, and heroin was going to get them off the drug. That was the new maintenance drug, the first maintenance drug, actually. Then came methadone, and then came suboxone. These drugs, are they serve a purpose in detox. Suboxone is a drug that they give you to taper you off of your medication so that you don't feel as sick as you possibly could. And that's a good thing, and that's when it's used properly. That's the purpose of Suboxone. I recommend going in and getting medically detoxed. Yes, you can detox on your own from opiates. You won't die. There's a good chance that you might wish you did 
because it's a horrible detox unless you're medically detoxed. That's a good thing to medically detox because they t they're not just tapering you off of your heroin use or your oxycodone use. They're also tapering you off your suboxone use and your methadone use. So give yourself a shot. I mean, it's not easy to stay off the drug. It's also not easy to stay off any drug. Yes, it's initially easier to get on a maintenance program and not have to worry about withdrawal and not have to worry about the urges, but you're becoming addicted to the methadone or the suboxone if you stay on it for a prolonged period of time. And should you want to become drug-free, eventually you're going to have to pay the pipe and detox from that. And like I'm saying, if the option is to be on methadone or suboxone or to die of an overdose, then by all means, nobody wants you to die. So if that's the only way you're going to stay functional or to not have to worry about overdosing and dying, then that's the way to go. But you have to be true unto yourself. You have to say, is this what I'm really going to do? Do I really need this? Can I not stay straight? I know that I'm talking as somebody who doesn't suffer from the disease and doesn't feel the urges, but those feelings pass. And if you do the right thing, and when I say the right thing, I mean, if you go to meetings, if you have a support group, if you have a, a sponsor, if you have people you could talk to when you're feeling these strong urges, it's not an easy thing to stay off and not go back and relapse, but it can be done. And there are people who have been through what you're going through, and there are people who can give you the support that you need. That's the way to go. If you sincerely and truly can't do that, nobody wants to see you overdose and die. I, I've been through that trip. I've been through the going into my daughter's room and finding her dead on the bed, and nobody wants to have to go through that. And that sounds a little selfish, but it's true. The feelings that we feel is horrible, but more important, nobody wants to lose a loved one. I don't want to lose somebody that I don't even know to this disease. I want you to either have the strength to stay straight, and it's a very hard thing to do. And I don't think less of somebody who relapses. I don't condone their relapsing, but I don't think less of them because I know that it's such a hard thing and people do it and they cry and how terrible they feel when they do it. Uh, a lot of people get these horrible tendencies, suicidal tendencies and stuff like that because they did it. There's shame, there's guilt besides the horrible life that they live when they're high. And uh, you don't know unless you've been there, and I haven't been there, thank God. It's, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare when they do relapse. And, you know, people think that, oh, yeah, they, they just like getting high. But it's not that. It's not that. People don't relapse because they like getting high. People relapse because of the pull 
that this disease has. It pulls you like uh, one of the strongest electric magnets would pull them if they were wearing a suit of iron. So don't ever think that relapse is a, a choice. It, it's Once you cross that line, the choices are, yeah, it is a choice. You choose to go out and get high, but you've been worn down. You've been pushed and crushed before you go out there. Relapse is the, the actual using of drugs is the last phase of relapse. Try to do it. If you can't do it, nobody wants to see you die. Nobody wants to see you die. As a method of keeping you alive, that's better than overdosing, but it's not the way to go if there's any other way to manage your addiction. I want to wish everybody well. Uh, like I say, it, they're two devastating drugs. Once you're using it for a, a certain amount of time, if you're not using it properly, and, and there's a lot of people who don't use it properly, that's about all I could say. I don't recommend it if there's any other way to go. I do recommend it if it's going to keep you alive. Just beware. Be aware of the fact that if you ever do try to get off of it, it's going to be a, a rock and roll that you don't want to experience. So I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank, and you might disagree with me, and if you do, you know, fine. And you're free to write into the website or to call in and leave me a message, and we can discuss it. But the optimum, as far as I've learned, the optimum way to go is to get off drugs. But these drugs are great if you're the choice of not using these drugs could be death. So again, I want to thank everybody for coming. I want to uh, mention that if you want to email me, my email address is addiction in the family. Now what at gmail.com. I also want to mention that if you are looking for a treatment center and want to get some input, call S-A-M-H-S-A -S -A, uh, at 1-800-662-4357. SAMHSA is the Mental uh, Drug Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. They'll give you some input. And... Uh, I want to mention that I wrote a book. The name of the book, by some coincidence, is Addiction in the Family. Now what? I've mentioned on many occasions that I'm not in the program. I'm not in, uh, I, I do not suffer from the disease of addiction, but I've gone to meetings for approximately 15, 16 years. I've you know, gone to as many as four meetings a week. I've learned a lot about the disease. I do this, I don't make money unless you buy my book. I do this to try to help. And you might agree with me on some things, you might not agree with me on some things, but that's what life is about. And I welcome you to give input and uh, 
Eventually, uh, we're going to have people. People are starting on. The reason I'm doing this is because somebody uh, wrote in and uh, suggested that I do it. They've been through maintenance and the horrors of, uh, you know, associated with the maintenance program. And he said I should put it out there, and I did. And in my book, I've mentioned that it's not the way to go unless you have to. I want to uh, tell you that I'm not telling you to do it. If that's going to keep you alive, by all means, go the maintenance route. But if you don't have to, the best way to go is to get off the drugs, go to meetings, get a sponsor. Uh, whatever meetings you prefer, there's different fellowships out there. Find one that's suited to you and do well. I wish uh, this is, you know, I, I've had good experiences with people in recovery. They helped me start my sober living facility, and they were nothing but good, and the way to be is straight. Get straight, do whatever you have to do to stay alive, because this is a deadly disease. Again, the name of my book is Addiction in the Family. Now what? I wrote it uh, dedicated to my daughter who passed from an overdose, and it's an enlightening book. It's a well-written book. I got some praise from a lot of people. Uh, it's available at the Amazon. I uh, have uh, QR things that'll take you right to the purchase site. I also have QR things that'll bring you right to the podcast. So have a great day. And again, I thank you for listening, and I wish everybody well.